Take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Hebrews chapter 12. We're in a series that we have titled and we've been on for a little while in, on Wednesday nights is Power in That Name. And so many times there's, as we go through the Bible we find different names of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they tell us a little bit more about Him and tell us some things that He wants to do in our lives and how that He uh, directs our lives through even the, the description of His name. So we're looking here, we're going to look at a couple of verses here in Hebrews chapter 12. The very first two verses here says, Wherefore, seeing also we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Look back with me there in verse 2 again. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Author and Finisher of our faith. And let's pray. Father, we come to you to this evening asking that you would meet with us in a special way. Lord, help us to learn from the Word of God. Help us, Lord, to challenge our hearts and lives. Help us to see something fresh and something that will stir our hearts in a greater way even tonight. Lord, I pray that we might live for you and magnify you, Lord, on a daily basis, not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, but every day that we might lift you up. Lord, you know the needs of every person here and those that are unable to be here tonight. Some are sick, some are unable to be here for other reasons. Lord, I pray that you just be with them, meet the needs that they have. Be with those who are, are watching by live stream, Lord. Give them something special tonight. Lord, I pray that you just help us to open our hearts, allow the Holy Spirit of God to speak to us. And Lord, I pray now that you would strengthen us through thy word, for I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. You know, so often when we think of an author, we think of the one who writes a book or writes some type of document up. They're the author of that document. And that's, that's okay, though it's a good application here. You can use that as an application to this verse as the author of and finisher of our faith. It's really, there's a lot more to it than that. And there's, actually, I believe that uh, what we've got to do is we've got to step back a little bit, back up into chapter 11 a little bit and look at that. If you begin to look at chapter 11, and what you have to realize is that the Bible that we have, they added the chapters and numbered the verses to make it easier for us to find certain things and to have a little order to it. These were letters that were written, and when you write a letter, I doubt that there's anybody in, the, in here that when you write a letter, you put chapter 1, and then you go down and you start marking every paragraph, 1, 2, 3, 4, like that. Uh, we just don't do that. And these were letters that were written. And so this is a continuation when we get to chapter 12. It's a continuation of what is being spoken of, really, in chapter 11. If you look at the content here, if you go back to chapter 11, you begin to look at chapter 11, it's what we call the hall of faith. And the Lord begins here to, to lay out some different ones. If you look at there, it says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good a report. It goes on down through there and it talks about uh, Abel and, and it talks about Enoch. It talks about Abraham. It talks about all these different men and women throughout there that they had this great faith where they followed the Lord. 
And so we, we have to understand, and I believe that what the Lord is doing here, I understand that, you know, that, that we look at this as a, an author here, but what it is, he's dealing with something here. When we look at verse 1, and he talks about from verse 1, the cloud of witnesses. In order for us to understand verse 2, we need to understand verse 1. You know, let's look at it here. Consider the cloud of witnesses and the purpose of them here. Look at verse 1 again. It says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses, lest lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And I believe that, you know, many times we give the understanding of this verse that those in heaven are almost in a gallery looking on at what's happening on earth. And I've had people ask me, do you think that people in heaven know what's going on on earth? I think there's, there's some knowledge of that. But for them to be sitting there in a gallery looking upon us, I don't believe that would be the case because heaven wouldn't be heaven if they could see all the wickedness that's going on here. And so what we have here, you've got to back up and talk about these great witnesses. You see, when we look at this, we think, and, and there's a good story told about a, a young man that was a, uh, was a, uh, went out for the college football team, and, and, and he, he wasn't that good, and he just, they, they really liked him. He was there, the, the first one at practice, he was the last one to leave, and the coach just had a, a heart for him because he's a good young man, and so he went ahead and, and suited him up, and he sat on the bench, but he never played a game. He went through all four years of college. People would even see him and his dad and, and speak about the, the good relationship he seemed to have with his dad. He said they'd see him every once in a while his dad would be on campus and they'd be walking arm in arm and he'd have his arm around his dad and his dad's arm around him and they'd be walking and talking across campus. He's just a really fine fella. And so one day, um, the last game of the season, he's sitting on the bench there and there was only about four minutes left in the game. He got up and he walked down to the coach. He said, Coach, he said, put me in. He said, why? He said, this is my last chance. He said, I'm graduating. He said, just put me in for one minute. Just one minute. And the coach thought, you know, he's one of the worst players on the team. But he thought, you know what, he is such a good fella. I'm going to put him in. He puts him into the football game, and this young man just goes absolutely crazy I mean not, not crazy but I mean he just began to run and he he done some phenomenal things and so much so that the coach left him in the the last four minutes of the game and he scored he did some great things and and the, after the game the coach went to him he said I've never seen anybody play ball like you did tonight he said why why haven't you been playing ball like that he said well it's like this he said my dad died he said, my dad was blind, and he said, uh, this was the only time he'd ever get to see me play. Now, that makes a good story. It makes a good illustration there. Whether that's true or not, I can't tell you that. I don't know. But a lot of times we think of that great cloud of witnesses as those who are looking at us. But really, if you look in context of chapter 11, when it talks about all the faithful, and you come right down into chapter 12 that cloud of witnesses are those who went on to be at the Lord that were faithful and were the ones to be looking to them looking to them they're to be our example we're to have an understanding of what they did 
many times we give that understanding, as I said before, but if we put it all in context in that chapter, you see, not in that chapter what we find men and women who live for the Lord, they gave their lives for God. They served the Lord faithfully. And if you listen to it again, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now here's what a witness is. If I don't know you, maybe I come up to you and I tell you about Jesus Christ. I share the gospel with you. I'm the witness to you. And it says that they, we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. They are the witness. They're giving us a witness of their example as they live by faith and served God. Does it make sense? And so we look at them, we say, they, they are that example for us to live by faith and serve the Lord and be what the Lord wants us to be. So if you remove those chapter, uh, that, that chapter marking there and, the, and, and look at it. So in reality, we're looking at their lives. Notice that there was a race to run for them and for us. Look at that verse again. Verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, he goes on and says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And so he's talking about this race. Well, what type of race is it? Where, where's this race coming from? Well, chapter 11 again. It's that, that race of faith. Therefore, we must carry that, uh, that thought into the, into, that, into the verse there, the next verse, where it talks about that there's a race to be set before us. And Jesus is the author and finisher of that race. That's where we get that name, the author and finisher. Talking about the faith that we're to follow after. Having an understanding that, listen, every single person that knows Jesus Christ as their Savior, they're in this race. There is a race to run. Look there in verse 2 again. It says, looking unto Jesus. You come right out of that verse there in verse 1, talking about the race that's set before us. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set down before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so he's talking about the faith. The, the race is faith. Every person, and Paul was good about using illustrations such as uh, athletic events because in that day and time they had the different athletic events. And, and so he's using a picture here of a race. Your life and my life as being a race. And we're to run this, this race that's called faith. What, what type of faith? Our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's important. And yes, as the author, Jesus sets up the script. He writes the rules. But he's so much more than that. You see, the word author there that, that's used for author means captain, prince, chief leader. And so it's so much more than somebody sitting down and, and uh, writing a book. It's so much more than that. It's a person who is, is a captain, who's a leader, who is a chief, who is leading the way. He's a prince. So saying Jesus Christ is a captain, what does a captain do? He gives the orders, he leads out, he directs. Uh, what, does, what, does a, what does a prince do? He carries out the commands of the king. 
What does the chief leader do? He leads. He guides. He directs. And so Jesus Christ is the author of what? Our faith. The race that we're in. That which we're running. Every person in here, if you know Christ your Savior, you're running a race. And that race, what you look at, is the race of faith. Putting our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ daily, following Him. If you'll notice back there, and we'll get into this minute, it says, looking unto Jesus. And so our faith is strengthened and guided by this one that is called the captain. So as we look unto Jesus, the author of our faith, we're looking to the captain of our faith. We're looking to the prince of our faith. We're looking to the chief leader of our faith to guide us, to direct us in our faith. You know, so many, so many times we have questions. Well, what should I do? And, and I don't know about this, and I don't know about that. And, and should we do this, or should we not do this? And what should we do about this? And you know what? That's where we've got to look unto Jesus, the author of our faith. Because He is the one that wants to lead us. He's the chief leader. He's the prince, and so He carries out the commands of the Heavenly Father. He is, the, he is the one that we go to. He is the author. He's the finisher of that faith. So we look at this and we understand that we're looking unto Jesus, that author and finisher. This is what the great cloud of witnesses did as they were to learn from, as they were going through their life. They, this, if you go back to chapter 11 and he talks about all these different men and women, how they live for God. Say, well, preacher, that's the Old Testament. You would talk about many of those was the Old Testament. I know, but Jesus Christ was relevant and in the Old Testament just as much as he is in the New Testament. The fact is, is that he was the author and finisher of their faith. And so he directed their lives. And so we're to, we're to be like them. We're to look unto Jesus Christ. We're to, to, they looked unto the Lord. And, and so this race that they're in, this great cloud of witnesses, we're to learn from them. That's why he says in verse 1 that, that uh, we're, we're, we're compassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. We're to look at them and learn. I, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things in my life that I didn't necessarily learn from a book. I learned it from watching somebody. I learned it from somebody else. Now, there's, there's, a, there's a tremendous amount of things I've sat down and learned in my life, just reading and, and studying and, and uh, maybe getting a manual and, and, and different things and, and, and all. But the greatest, most of the things in my life, I learned by, from somebody else watching them. When my dad, when I was younger, my dad would, would work on, on different things, whether it be a lawnmower, whether it be a car or a truck, or, or whether it be uh, electronics because uh, we had electronics, he had electronics business. I watched him. And that's how I learned. He was, could I put it this way? He was a witness. You understand what I'm talking about? He was a witness in those areas. Now, he didn't get saved till later in life. So he wasn't that witness as far as Christ to me. But what we're looking at here is that we look unto those who, who that great cloud of witnesses. And my friend, it's not just Abraham and, and those, but it's people that you and I can call by name that we know that had an influence in our lives. I can stand here and I can talk about, oh, Brother Shear, that was a great influence in my life. You know what? He is that great cloud of witness about prayer in my life. 
Brother Elmo Parker went on to be with the Lord. He is in that great cloud of witnesses that made such an impact in my life in so, so many areas. I think about Brother uh, Clifford Rice, and a, a, a pastor and an evangelist that had such a, a tremendous touch on, on me about preaching and, and it was such a blessing and such a, an encouragement and, and such a, and I look unto these people. I think there's a little old lady uh, by the name of, of Ann Eilie that I remember so much about. Her, her love for the Lord sitting in that second seat and sitting there getting excited and, and both of her feet going back and forth on that wood floor like that and wearing the varnish off the floor and, and that old hair pinned up in a bun right there and sometimes it would begin to shake down a little bit. Hey listen, it was an impact. It was a witness to me of how good God was and what it meant to her. I think of Myra Vavak sitting all crumpled up with Crippling arthritis, bumps all over her hands and, and couldn't straighten her arms out. Fingers all curled and sitting in a wheelchair. That, and, and every time that they had to dress her or, or, or she had to use the restroom or, or anything, they had to lift her out of that and she would holler from the pain. And she would be in the church and they took a, a little back scratcher stick and they... They rubber band a, a handkerchief on it and said, you get it? And she'd stick it down in that curled up hand. And the preacher would get to preaching and she'd wave at Hanky. I thought, my. And you'd see her wince with the pain as she'd shake it, but boy, she was loving God. What a witness. What a witness. What a testimony. And you just wanted to do something for him. And Brother Jim, I remember I was, I, I was doing a lot of evangelistic preaching, going to, to churches in different places. And she came to me and she said, give me a list of the, of the, of the churches that, that you're going to be preaching at. And she said, I'll pray for you. She said, I can't sleep more than about 30, 40 minutes a night at a time. And she said, I'll pray for you every time I wake up. And I'd give her a list and I'd get back from the meeting. She'd say, how many got saved? I said, well, there was 10 got saved. Amen. And she, boy, she get happy again. Amen. And I think of those dear saints, that cloud of witnesses that God put in my life. I'm thinking, oh, my soul. I think about her and the faith that she had and all the pain she had. The struggles in life that she had, she had a young man, uh, or she, uh, her son, uh, Timothy, is my age. And, and we used to, when, I, when we was kids, I remember we was young, and she had him, and that set in from her having him. There's something wrong in, in the birthing, and, and it set into her body. And, and I remember going over to his house, and he'd come over to our house and everything, and I just remember her getting worse and worse. But, boy, she loved the Lord. And that faith, she never gave up. I can call names and different names. I think old brother Duke Etherton. I'd take brother Duke. We'd go out somewhere. Car, we go. I'd have to stop and get gas. I'd get out. I'd be pumping gas. I'd look around. I couldn't find him. He's walking around. I hear, some, I hear his voice. Here, take one of these reads. You know if you die today, you go to heaven. And he'd walk over here and he'd give somebody else a gospel track. He'd start talking, and he'd start talking about the Lord and he'd witness to him. Tell him about Jesus Christ. He got uh, a lymphoma. And that arm one, he was our song leader there for a while, or when I got there and until he died. And, 
and it, 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 he, he had a big old bump come up on his arm, and I looked at it one time. He had his shirt, head on short sleeve shirt, had his jacket off, and I was sitting there next to me getting ready to lead the scene. I said, Duke, what's wrong with your arm? He said, oh, he said, I, I told the doctor about it, and they said, oh, it's no big deal. They could cut it off, and it would come back. I said, Duke, you better go get that look at it. That looks like cancer. He went to a different doctor, and I said, that's cancer. He lived a little while. Well, while he was in the hospital, I go visit him. He said, you got any more tracks? He said, I give up everything I got. I talked to him on the phone. He said, hey, when you come, he said, bring me some more tracks. Went on to be with the Lord. Great cloud of witnesses. And I'm thinking, man, I tell you what, I need to have faith like that. That great cloud of witnesses is there for us to look at and, and to, to encourage us. And, and I believe that if there's one thing, yeah, I believe that in, 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 a, in a roundabout way because of their life, their life is saying, keep on going, keep on going, keep on going, run, 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 run. Last night we went to the ball game, Levi's ball game. We was there. And I, I can't help it. I was hollering like everybody else, just like, you know, get those hands up. You don't even run, go, good job. And I think, boy, I'll tell you what, that great cloud of witnesses, their testimony to us is like that. Mm-hmm. Trying to encourage you and me to keep walking and keep running in the, this race called faith. Jesus became the author of your faith when you received him and he wrote your name down in the book of life. Yeah, he's an author. He writes. He wrote your name down. And Revelation 20, 12 says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are, were written in the books according to their works. Verse 15, that same chapter says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 21, 27 says, and, and, there shall, uh, and there shall in no wise enter into anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. When you got saved, your name got rolled down. He's the author. From there, the Lord Jesus begins to write the chapters of your life. All that lays out the all all that and lays out that course that we got to run, this race that we might bring honor and glory to His name. I don't know if you've ever done any, been to any cross country races. When they get there to that cross country race, and I've I've drove a bus and taken. Uh, some of the, the, the athletes that run in the cross country up here uh, at the high school, I've taken them there. And when they get there, they, they come over to them and they said, okay. And they give them a sheet and it shows the race. Well, how they're going to run. Because sometimes it's not long enough. You don't just run a big circle. You're running down through the woods. You're running back over here. They got markers laid out there. And sometimes you'll, you'll run right across the path where you could just run because they got you twisting around and coming back forth and back over here and back down in a little gully and back up like that and then back across maybe a path that you've already run across again, back and forth and back through there. It's all laid out for you. And our author, Jesus Christ, he's riding your race. He's pinning it out for you. That you might know how to run. That you might know the direction of your life. You see, your race 
is not the same as my race. The path that you're going to run in many instances is not the same path I've got to run. The races are different. And this author that we have, he's writing out the race for you. Sometimes there's, like any book, there's some chapters written that will bring sadness. Or if you've ever read some of these books, you get to, you know, and I don't like those type of books. I, I don't, most of my reading I read for studying or I read for illustrations. But, you know, some of you ladies, you sit down and you read those books and you're sitting there and you're reading and you're... <laughs> What is wrong with you? (laughs) Most men, we just turn around and walk out of the room. Pretty soon, you're in another chapter and you hear this, Oh, oh my! Some chapters are sad, some chapters are happy. You see... In the chapter of your life, sometimes there's sadness because of the course that we have to run. Because we weren't running for the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are the sad chapters. And then there's those, some chapters that contain great joy and victory as we look at the author, Jesus Christ, as our captain, as our leader. And he's leading us down that path and that race. And boy, you see the victory and you experience the victory and you enjoy the time that our author is leading you and guiding you. He's not just writing it, but he is leading you down that path. Well, it's about time that we realize that our author is not just writing it, he's leading it. He's the chief leader. He's the captain. He's the prince. And he's not just writing the race that you've got to run, but he's leading in that race for you. That's why he says, looking unto Jesus, the author. When you look to the author, you're turning to and to, to him, and you're looking away from something else. Look at that there in verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author. If I'm standing here and I'm looking at, at uh, Thomas back here, in order for me to look at, at Brian over here, I have to turn from him. And look here. He says, looking unto Jesus, you have to turn from something to look to something. So many times we get so caught up in looking at this world and living in this world. We've got to turn from those things and look unto the author of our salvation. We've got to look unto the author of our faith. We've got to look unto the author who's to be our captain, who's to guide us. We struggle with the keeping of our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ many times. He's the author of our faith. He's the leader of our faith. And yet we take our eyes off of him. I don't know if you've ever, and it probably about everybody in here has, you've been driving and you get into, you get into the city and maybe you and two or three other cars are together. You're going somewhere. You get into the city and, and you're, keeping, and you're, the, and you're, the, you're the back car. And you're trying, you don't know your way, so you're trying to follow them. And so you're trying to keep your eyes on them. 
And, they, and, and they're, they're, they're not thinking about you. They're thinking that, that you'll follow. And they're passing this car and they're getting over here and they're switching to this lane and they're getting over in this lane and they're pulling back over here. And then all of a sudden, there's a, there's a, there's a division in the, in the road and they take off this way real quick and you just go right on by it. Why? Because you lost sight of them. You didn't keep your eyes on them. Well, sometimes we don't keep our eyes on the Lord. We got to keep our eyes on the author, the leader, the chief leader, the one that guides us and directs us. Too many times we get our eyes on this world. So we need to turn our eyes from ourselves and turn the eyes from the world and, and from the worry and the cares of this world. So many people are getting their eyes on the worries and the cares and the, the things of this world. Yeah, I understand there's a lot of difficulties. I understand there's a lot of struggles. I understand there's a lot of junk going on today. But we've got to get our eyes off of that stuff and get our eyes on the author, on the prince, on the, on, on the captain, on the chief leader. Because if you don't, you're going to get down the road and you're going to realize that you missed a turn on the race. We've got to keep our eyes on him. I love that song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Oh, so are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness to see? There's light for a look at the Savior, a life more abundant and free. His word shall not fail you. He promised. Believe him and all will be well. Then go to a world that is dying. His perfect salvation to tell. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness to see. There's a light for a look at the Savior and a life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Oh, how we need to turn our eyes upon the author of our faith. Keeping our eyes upon him, following him. With every turn as He leads us, as He guides us. We see the example of those that, that's went on before us. We see this, this great uh, uh, cloud of witnesses. And we see how that, they, how that they prospered and how that they walked with the Lord. We've seen the blessings of God. We want that in our lives. Well, you got to keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the finisher of our faith also. He said, looking unto Jesus, the author... He goes on, he says, and the finisher of our faith. You see, he began a good work in you when you got saved. He began to do something great in your life. And he wants to finish that, and he will finish it one way or another. He will achieve, achieve some glory out of your life one way or another. I know a lot of people say, well, this person, they say they're saved, and, and they've got away from the Lord, and, and boy, I tell you what, God ain't getting no glory out of that. I'm going to tell you something. God's going to get glory out of their life one way or another, either in life or in death. The preacher, how could that be? I've told the story before about the young man named Jimmy. He began to rebel at home, and he he'd went to the Christian school there in Piedmont, and 
And uh, he was in the youth group and stuff like that. And, and he was getting away from the Lord. And, and finally one day his parents said, Jimmy, you either do what you're told to do in this home or you gotta, you're going to have to get out. He said, guess what? He said, I'm leaving. And he left. He moved in with his aunt up in Fredericktown, Missouri. While he was there, he began to do everything that he thought he wanted to do in his life. He began to party. He began to drink. He began to do all kinds of things and had the people over the house. And he was getting in trouble. He had lost his driver's license because he was drinking and driving. And, and on goes the list of things. And he was just, he was just living it up, he thought. One, one night they had a party and his girlfriend's headed out and, and kind of staggered across the street and got hit by a car. You thought it tore him up and he'd have got straightened out. One day his mom and his brother went up there and seen him and they talked to him and they said, Jimmy, uh, and they began to talk to him about his salvation and they said, Jimmy, are you really saved? And he looked him in the face. He said, Mom, he said, I want you to know something. He said, I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven if I die. They said, well, Jimmy, why don't you stop this? Why don't you come on home? He said, I want to. He said, I will. But right now I had too much fun with my friends. He said, I will one of these days. It wasn't but about two weeks later, Jimmy was out driving. He did not have any driver's license. They'd been revoked. The police knew he'd been driving around, and they was kind of watching. They seen the car. They pulled in behind him, turned the lights on, and he took off. They followed him out through Fredericktown, went out across Highway 67, over down what they call Mill Creek Road. Been down that road many times. You go down there a little ways, and it makes a... A, a sharp right, it comes back to the left, and then all of a sudden you're on top of a, a, a bridge. There's a culvert there. And as he comes down through there, and he made that. He's flying, and they was, they was following him, and he dropped a wheel off where that culvert was, hit that culvert, flipped that car up on top like that, and slid down the highway. And went out into eternity. Ace Funery's mom asked me, she said, I was a youth pastor at one time. She said, would you, would you tell a story wherever you go? She said, I don't want it to be a waste. And there's been many a youth meeting that I've preached over the years. Many a revival that I've preached and used that illustration. And people came forward and got saved. Or got their hearts right with God. You see, God got some glory out of his death. In this race that we run, he's the author, but he's the finisher. If you look at that word and you do a little study on that, that word, it means completer. Finisher is completer. Perfecter. Those two words mean a lot when you begin to look at the Christian life. God has some completing. He has some perfecting that He wants to do in your life and my life. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. It means He wants us to mature. And so He does a work in our lives and draws us to that place because He is going to come down like any book. He's that finisher. One day He will complete the last chapter. Every book has the last chapter. You see, he is the author, and he's the finisher of your faith. 
And he will bring that book down to a close in what is what we call a conclusion. A summary of everything in the book. The ending of the story. I don't know about you, but I want my conclusion to be that of my life would be read like this. What is found in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 23. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Brother Jim, when I, one day when, that, when the Lord says, I'm writing the close of the book, I'm writing the conclusion, I want to be signed out. Enter in, thou good and faithful servant. That's how I want to be. Preacher, can it be that way for me? It can be that way for all of us. If we realize that we're in this race, that what we have to do as a Christian is we have to look unto Jesus, who is the author, the leader, the captain, the prince, and we have to follow him in this race of faith. Your faith cannot grow except you get your eyes on Jesus. It's impossible. It will not happen by just reading the Bible even. You must get your eyes on Jesus. It will not happen by just going to church. You must get your eyes on Jesus. It will not just happen by by uh, 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 wishing it to happen. You must get your eyes on Jesus. Get them off of whatever it's turning from and looking to. He said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. The good part of it is this. If you get your eyes on Jesus, that Race of faith, you got somebody leading you. You got somebody directing you to increase your faith, to strengthen your faith. Oh, that we would look to the author and finisher of our faith, just as that great cloud of witnesses did in chapter 11 and the faithful saints that, that God has put before us. Look at verse 3. Look at the very first three words of verse 3. I think it says it all for you and me right there. The first three words. For consider him. Isn't it amazing how he takes the scripture and ties everything together? He's talking about looking unto the author and finisher of faith. And then in verse 3 he says, consider him. You know what Paul's saying? Could I recommend to you? Jesus. He said, would you consider him? And I think tonight he would look to you and me and say, listen, you want to grow in faith? He said, would you consider putting your eyes on Jesus? Would you consider taking your eyes off of your worries? Would you consider taking your eyes off of this world? Would you consider taking your eyes off of yourself and put them on Jesus? 
Why? He's the author. That means that he's the captain. He's the prince. He's the chief leader in your faith. Continually remember day by day. The first three words though in verse 2. As you go forth in life. Looking unto Jesus. Folks, everything that in your life and my life is surrounded by the need for us to look unto Jesus. When you're going through a difficult time, you're to look unto Jesus. When there's victory and time of rejoicing, you're to look unto Jesus. When you have a question, when you're trying to make a decision, look unto Jesus. Why? Because he's the one that's writing the chapter. He's the author. But he's not only drawing out the race. He wants to run it in front of you and lead you in that race of faith. Let's bow. Father, we come to you tonight and we realize that we need to get our eyes off of self. We need to get our eyes off this world. We need to get our eyes off of things. We need to get our eyes off of fear and doubts. And we need to look unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith. So, Lord, I pray that you'd help us, you'd strengthen us, Lord. Help us to follow after you, to live for you. Have your will and way, Lord, in this invitation, I pray, Lord. Strengthen your people. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed, your eyes closed?